1: Raider Nation is never shy. You
0: ask, we answer.
1: It's time for the Raider Nation mailbag. What's on your mind, fam? Drop us an email at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Now, it's your time to speak up.
2: Happy Hump Day, everybody. Holiday Hump Day. Whoa, Holiday Hump Day. I just coined a new term. Oh my gosh, what are you talking about? This is Silver and Black Today. An Odyssey original podcast. We're caught we're talking Las Vegas Raiders football. And we are doing our mailbag show for today. I mean, can you imagine Mo, by the way, Mo Moten, my co-host, he's kind of a big deal. He's known as Midtown Mo. He's also senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report. The best guy, the most humble guy you'll ever meet, even though he's a big deal and he can't walk around New York anymore without autographs and <laughs> People throwing bras at him all kinds of weird stuff it's just it, i feel bad i feel bad that he has to deal with that kind of attention but anyway senior nfl writer at bleach report also raiders columnist at sportsnot. that's sports nau where you can also catch my work and uh you can follow him on x.com at momoton m-o-e-m-o-t-o-n always a sage of great advice despite his young years And I am at LVGully on X.com. I am grouchier. So either way, you (laughs) can get what you're looking for uh, there. But we're here. We're going to talk about you, Mailbox. Hey, Mo, uh, we go into this weekend. I know we'll have a new show for you guys tomorrow on Thursday as well. If you're listening to us in Las Vegas on the radio, you can hear us on Saturday there too. But uh, we'll get into a lot of the particulars with the Colts game coming up. This is more about people reacting to what happened on Christmas Day. And I have to tell you, man, before we get into some of this, the memes coming out of because of how much Raider Nation despises the Chiefs and the Chiefs fans, the memes have been hysterical. The Christmas memes, the Grinch, the Jack Jones interception with the Grinch face on it. I mean, dude, if the Raiders would have lost this game, it would have been really ugly, and I don't know that we would have anybody listening to the show right now because they wouldn't want to even talk about the Raiders. But if there was ever a win that the fan base needed, no matter what happens over these final two games with the Raiders, if there was ever a win that this fan base deserved and needed, this was it.
3: The best meme that I came across, since you want to mention memes, I don't know if you remember, the people listening, if, you, if you're if you familiar with the Patrick Mahomes bundle them commercial, <laughs> and then there was a meme that said, how do you give the Raiders two touchdowns in seven seconds? And then it has like the... Steak Farm guy saying you bundle them because the rare scored two touchdowns, defensive touchdowns like seven that seconds. One. That Jake was the funniest Farm's meme. One? Jake from Steak Farm one. Oh. That 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 one is hilarious. I reposted it on my on my ex account. Check that out. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think the high has not worn off yet. I did a bleach report live, and usually when I go early, 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, there are not a lot of people in there. Yeah. Tuesday, let me tell you, there were a bunch of people still fired up over the Raiders win. And that just goes to show you how Antonio Pierce has injected life into this fan base. So early in this season, remember, we talked about how Raider fans aren't going to games. People are selling their tickets. I think a lot of what we are not talking about too much, even on this show, is that how Antonio Pierce has rally the fan base not just the locker room the players but the fan base because i think now people are more enthusiastic about going to raider games because let me tell you when the raiders were five and eight after that loss to the vikings a lot of people saying "I'm i'm checked out i'm just waiting for the draft wake me up when the raiders get a quarterback yada 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 now it's kind of like oh i'm Mm. tuned in Look, yeah. look at the way Jack Jones is playing. Look at the swagger of this defense. Look, You know, I, I love the way Antonio Pierce said this or phrased that. So now there's, there's juice around this franchise, juice we haven't seen or felt in a very long time.
2: And I'll tell you this. There are still people clinging to their disappointment. And you know what? I will give them this because I don't understand it per se, but I do appreciate consistency. So if you were <laughs> – If you didn't think the Raiders were any good and now you're upset that they're actually doing what we call kind of in the NFL, the purgatory thing, which is around 500. I understand the kind of frustration with, well, gosh, if we were just really bad, then at least we could just get past it and we'd have no expectations and all that kind of stuff. Um, But but there there are still people out there. Not very many. I think people enjoy it. I think the we to your point about your bleach report live and, and having more people than usual for the time period on a weekday, a lot of people off this week, right? Um, When Mm -hmm. I was on the corporate side and I was doing marketing and PR for big companies, uh, I would always take this week off. It was a dead week from a business perspective. So I do that now in our business. Now we're in the media, clearly there's always something going on. So we don't get to do that. But a lot of people are home too, which is great. And it's awesome for them to be able to enjoy the win too. They have downtime, they're with family, they're having a good time. They're not yelling at their uncle anymore because the Raiders lost, you know, they're, They're, they're like, they're digging it and they're enjoying the holiday spirit and they're going to head into new year's Eve when the Raiders play the Colts, uh, at least with that. So hopefully the the Raiders will continue that good feel into the new year and then they get to face the, I think the, the, if the Raiders beat the Colts, by the way, Sunday Mo and I, we're going to break down the game uh, on tomorrow's show, but, but if they beat the Colts and go home for that final game against the Broncos, I'm telling you, I don't think you're going to see many Bronco fans in that stadium especially if the Chiefs and you lose this week, and you shouldn't because yeah. the Raiders would have
3: so much on the line yes I would assume the last game of the regular season where there may not be another Raider game or you know it could be the game that clinches a playoff spot I, I would assume that it that yeah. that stadium should be you know 80 20 I understand Broncos fans travel well and is not far but that that it should be four to five a ratio of 80 20 Raider fans in that stadium
2: and I will say this, as somebody who's lived in Las Vegas twice, okay, lived there for a long time, and there have always been a lot of Bronco fans in Las Bronco Vegas. fans
3: there. Mm-hmm. They're,
2: they're always, I mean, I used to go, I remember, uh, this was early 2000s, so the Broncos were pretty good. I think that's when they had, they, Elway was at the end of his run, whatever, um, and the Bronco, like, you would go in the Target or the Walmart, and they would have Broncos jerseys, so so I don't anticipate there being no Bronco fans there because there, there's just a lot of people who moved to Vegas from Denver. But, but you're right. If there's a lot on the line there, I expect Raider Nation to pop out. Now, we're going to get to some of our calls, and we have our good friend Tarek from Chicago. But he's not in Chicago. He's on vacation. But we have such dedicated listeners that he had to ah. call in. Of course, I mean, they beat the Chiefs. I mean, how can you not call in and talk to yeah. Midtown Mo and Scott? So so here's the first call. It's Tarek from Chicago, but he's in, I think, Texas.
4: Hey, Scott. Hey, Mo. This is Tarek, currently in Texas, vacationing during the holidays. Just want to reiterate what an amazing performance it was yesterday by the Raiders. I think at this point, you guys, if Antonio Pierce is not retained, I think that would be ridiculous. Um, he clearly has the players motivated, and the players are playing with an attitude and a swag that I don't think Raider fans have seen in a long time. I think they're clearly taking on the personality of their head coach. And when that does happen, then you've got the right man for the job. Um, Antonio Pierce is everything you want, um, everything you could hope that, that the team would have uh, turned into when he took over in the interim ba- on an interim basis. They're 4-3. and three. I expect them to win their next two games. I mean, they still need a lot of help to get into the postseason. But I think when you – inherit a roster and you go through the trials and tribulations of what happened earlier this season to turn them around and to go into arrowhead and punch the chefs right in the mouth (laughs) you've got the right man and if they can go ahead and have the consistency with champ kelly as well as antonio pierce and then you can focus on the draft and free agency and all the things that come into place but i think the raiders are finally turning a corner Uh, You have a lot of young talent. Malcolm Kuntz is definitely coming back. Jack Jones is a definite find in a steal, and it certainly makes Antonio Pierce look like he knows what he's doing. Still not sold on Aiden O'Connell at all, uh, but to to see the Raiders, um, you know, finish off the game on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, that was encouraging, but to not have a single completion after the first quarter and to still win the game is somewhat mind-blowing. Again, just a, I think this is the type of win and the type of performance that kind of uh, makes the franchise. It's putting the franchise on the map for sure. The the rest of the league is probably noticing that the Raiders are just really, really turning the corner. So, uh, again, I expect Antonio Pierce to be retained as the head coach following this victory. Um, I don't think there's anybody else who could step in and – uh, do what he's done for the Raiders, um, on an interim basis. So tell me what you guys think about that. Uh, I expect him to be named the permanent head coach, uh, sooner than later. Uh, and let's just get that out of the way. I mean, he's the right <laughs> man for the job. Tell me what you guys think again, Merry Christmas. Looking forward to your guys' show this week. Take care. Bye-bye. All
2: right. There you go. Tarek from Chicago, but he's in Texas on vacation and, uh, you got to appreciate that and and what he's, what, what he brings to the listen he always has great calls i mean you, you gotta love it and that's what i love so much we have some wackos on youtube that that like to comment weird stuff about both mo and i different for different reasons but uh Tarek is a real one and i just want to applaud that call because that was good but mo let's get what he said it's hard it's hard to disagree with anything he said i do think again i remind folks though and i'm going to keep doing this through the process just just to to manage your expectations The Raiders have to go through the hiring process. They have to go through the uh, Rooney rule, even though Antonio Pierce is African-American, they still have to do that. So with that said, what Tarek said, as far as the team turning the corner about what he's been able to do, it is remarkable. And I think that's why people have noticed.
3: I think what Tarek and a lot of Raider fans are getting is some Raider fans do understand that they have to go through the interview process. But you know, have you ever applied for a job where you, kind of have it in with the manager or the hiring a person hiring wow. and they go look yeah. we got to go through the process but you know you got the job just the job Shh. just go through yeah, the motions yeah. you know exactly. i think that's what a lot of raider fans are hoping that mark davis does with antonio Pierce, just kind of nudges him and say hey just don't wreck the ship in the last two weeks and you got the job but i can't push back on anything terek said in his voicemail i think at this point it's 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 clear that Antonio Pierce has the Raiders responding the way we haven't seen. And I, and I said during the last show that the swagger that you're seeing is Antonio Pierce. And mm-hmm. I think Terry like said the team embodies who the head coach is. And you see that across the league, even though lines are high flying offense, they're a physical team. And when Dan Campbell took on the job, he talked about biting kneecaps yes. uh, when Bill Belichick at his, at his height with Tom Brady, the Patriots were very cerebral. We look at Bill Belichick, we think of him as a cerebral head coach. Now we just think of him as a bum because the Patriots are at the bottom <laughs> of the division. But he is a cerebral head coach. He's not a bum. Uh, but it, to 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 the Nicole's point, with the Raiders exemplifying or right, being emblematic of the swag that Antonio Pierce brings, I think it's important because, as I said, while it's not everything, when you have a confidence in anything you do, it, it translates. It permeates. So through through your work and your production for the most part if you if you if you have the skill set sometimes you just need to boost the confidence and i think that's what the raiders needed to get themselves over the top and started win, winning football games
2: and you see it on the face yeah, i was watching the press conference yesterday and i'm watching antonio pierce i'm looking at his face and some yeah, sometimes I get I get too deep and I start thinking about stuff and I'm just watching it. I'm like, well, I'm not even listening to what he's saying, although I appreciate what he says because he's very short and to the point, which I know media sometimes are like, hey, that's it. That's the only quote you're going to give me because we get selfish that way. But but I love it because he just says it like it is. He doesn't he's not out there. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, he's not as bad as Belichick. Obviously, he's got more more flavor to him, more personality to him. But. His face, you can see in his face the confidence he has now because hes he knows, A, he's been successful. B, his players are behind him. And when you're a leader and people are are following you, and I shouldn't say following you. They're on your side. They're with you because it's a different thing than following versus being with you is different. (coughs) That is so empowering as an individual. I don't care what business you're in. If you feel that, and I felt that with teams before, I had a box when I was in boxing and I had my team, my, my digital marketing team, they were so freaking good that I literally walking down the street, like you're in a, like you're in a, in, in a, in a, in a movie, like, okay, bring anybody, bring anything on and we'll take it. And that's what I saw with Antonio Pierce. So Tariq, great call. Tarek, excuse me. Go ahead. You have m- one more thing on that one? Is it Tariq or Tarek? Tarek. It's Tarek. Yeah, me calling Tarek. I went, okay, I, gotcha, I, but... I reverted to the un- un- uncool <laughs> pronunciation.
3: the one thing i wanted to say too about you said about when antonio pierce speaks a lot of people said that antonio pierce reminds him of mike tomlin the way he addresses the media and his mannerisms i will say that wow when i hear antonio pierce speak i don't think i'm getting blah 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 coach speak he's very honest and his authenticity shines in his interviews and anytime he speaks and i think that jack jones mentioned that on authenticity that he brings to the locker room because I believe Jack Jones said that Antonio Pierce allows the players to be them while he doesn't let them just run free and do whatever they want basically said the freedom has some responsibility and as long as he lets guys be themselves they understand their responsibility he understands that he can let guys be themselves and the guys can understand that okay I have this free reign to be me yeah. But I also have some responsibility not to hurt the football team. And I think that goes a long way. That authenticity goes a long way in the locker room as well as with the media, with guys like you and I, and women who cover the Raiders as well.
2: And he's treating them like grown men. It's like, And, right. and I actually do this with my kids, which is, look, I'm going to give you freedom until you give me a reason not to. Oh,
3: exactly. You want to go, go
2: online and play that game? Okay, fine. You're going to play the game. If I find out you're doing something you're not supposed to do, or if you're doing something antagonistic to somebody, I'm going to take it away. So, so you got to appreciate that, and I know the players do. All right. Tarek, thank you, man. We appreciate it. Enjoy your vacation down in Texas, which is a lot yes. warmer than Chicago. So enjoy that. All right. Our next call comes from a warmer spot, although it can get cold down there too, is Sam in Atlanta. Sam in Atlanta. Here we go.
5: Hey, Scott and Mo. This is Sam uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. I just love your show. Um, I've been a Raider fan for over 30 years. Um, started listening to you guys about a year ago um love the show but in terms of the 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 team the defense is amazing of course the offense is the problem so having a young guy like O'Connell I love the fact that he's got a strong arm but why can't we use the the run the play action more seems like if we can get into the playoffs we'd have a really good chance because our defense is just top notch but uh we need to be able to find a way to get O'Connell doing better, a lot better. And so it just seems like if he could rely on play action a lot more, get aggressive, get our line going, uh, get the running game going. Um, if we can get that going, we could go deep into the playoffs if we could slip in. So I just don't know why we're not using that as often, uh, especially right at the beginning of the games. It just doesn't seem like we're relying on it that much. But if we did, it seems like that would be very the- so I'm wondering why we're not doing that as much. All right.
2: Thanks. Bye. There you go. Sam in Atlanta. Thank you so much uh, for the call from Georgia. We appreciate that and appreciate the kind mm-hmm. words of the show. Uh and and thank you for listening. Okay, Mo, so let's jump into that. Is that is 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 the lack of use of the play action pass with Aiden O'Connell is that on Bo Hardigree, or do you think it's part of the limitations of Aiden O'Connell not being as mobile and having you know, there's so many things Aiden O'Connell does well. His footwork can be problematic at times.
3: I think it's mostly on Bo, uh, Bo Hardegree because, to me, that goes along. I think with that, with, with that criticism, it's on creativity. So in previous shows, we talked about not only play action, we also talked about using motion. And I think that will help Aiden O'Connell because it'll simplify some of his reads and it'll open some of the windows downfield. Now, Aiden O'Connell was just completely off against the Chiefs only threw for 62 yards, so he was inaccurate, period, in general. But I think when you have a young quarterback, the best thing you do for a young quarterback is to, again, simplify the read so he's able to see the field, and it'll also open those windows when you have play action because then those linebackers move up, those safeties move up, and then you have more open space to throw the football downfield to Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers. And even Trey Tucker, which we saw against the Chargers. So, one, the Raiders have to be aggressive. Two, I think they have to start to try more—I wouldn't say new things, but they have to be more creative. Um, we just talked about play action. I think motion should be a part of it. It was talked about during the Dolphins game that you know Mike McDaniel uses a lot of motion to simplify, simplify things for Tua. Not to take anything away from Tua, and that Tua has been playing well within the system. But the way you help a quarterback is you get is you get guys moving on the. Defensive side of the ball, because then it tells the coverage. If you have a defender following a wide receiver, then you know it's man. Then you don't have a young quarterback having to read whether it's zone coverage or man coverage. You have to simplify things as much as possible for a young quarterback so he can break down and dissect the defense.
2: Yeah, um, I, I agree 100%. And I think, too, what what I don't understand, and, and I agree with you on Bo Hardigree, and I'm not trying to pile on the guy, right? Because he's inexperienced. No. He's in a job that he doesn't even really deserve or has done before. So I'll give him a little bit of grace there. But what I don't understand to your point, they were creative against the chargers, right? They, they did what you said just now for Aiden Mm -hmm. O'Connell against the chargers. And then they come out against the chiefs and it's like his sphincter got really tight because it was Christmas day and it was the chiefs. Like it was a big stage (laughs) and I feel like he got nervous and he got, he got conservative. Now, how much can Antonio Pierce say? Hey, Bo, dude, what, what's going on? We got we got to uncork this puppy. I'm hoping that's the co- part of the conversation like they had after Minnesota, which is look, dude, we got to let it fly. This and this Colts team, and we'll get into it on tomorrow's show. But this Colts team is struggling defensively. So to me, you know, the, the point that Sam brought up in, in in play action being creative, the motion they use. They look, Trey Tucker, he was used against Kansas City but not enough. Like what's the inconsistency. You used him against the chargers really well, went to him downfield, even against mm-hmm. the chiefs. It wasn't, there was nothing, there was nothing there. So to me, they got to go back to two weeks ago, find that game plan. This Colts defense and the chargers defense, chargers defense, Colts defense, eh, maybe about the same. If you look at it at the current condition. So uh, yeah, I don't get it. I think that's, that's, that's part of the issue is the creativity.
3: So so what you're saying what we need to do is get Sam's voicemail and play it to Bo Hardegree yes. when he has his presser this week because yes. that would be a that would be a great question for Bo Hardegree now what's it going on how about let's use some more play action let's use some more motion yes. now we did see a fake wide receiver reverse that led to a bubble screen for Jacoby Myers that was that was probably the Raiders biggest pass play of the game it was I believe right but you can't as you said your your ass can't get tight when you're on a big stage and you have to continue to go for the jugular and be aggressive because that's, right. that's what's going to win you football games, not the conservative stuff that we often see. Now, again, Ano kind of also has to be accurate with the football, too. That's a part of it. And the offensive line has to give him pass protection. Right. But as I said earlier, answering Sam's question, you have to help the quarterback back out as, as much as you can.
2: Yes, Absolutely. So there you go. All right. We're going to take our first break, Sam in Atlanta. Thank you, man. Great call. I'm forwarding it to Raiders PR and I will see if they will forward it. To <laughs> I'm not sure that they will, but I'll try. I'll, I'll give it a shot. But Sam, thank you, man, so much for listening. We appreciate it. OK, we're going to come back. A couple more calls as we roll through the Raider Nation mailbag. In this case, the Raider Nation voicemail, which uh, you can also call out, by the way, if you want to get in on the next show. 702-900. 702-900-7869. That's 702 702- 900 7869 to talk to Mo and Scott. You're here on Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Welcome back. Here we are, the Raider Nation mailbag for this Wednesday, December 27th, 2023. The year is almost over. And, uh, you know, it's weird, Mo. I wrote a, a personal piece that I write up on my Substack about the year. I had a lot of challenges this year with some some of my uh, one of my children had a a really severe health issue. I had some professional challenges, some health issue, all kinds of stuff. But I will tell you that uh, I feel so blessed not only to be able to do this show with you, but also with the listeners out there, Uh, even when they disagree with us and tell us we're wrong, that shows that they care. So I want to just give a a, a shout out and appreciation to everybody as we approach the end of the year. And no matter how your year is, you might have had the best year of your life. You might have had the worst year of your life. Just always remember you keep going and you learn from the bad stuff. The good stuff keeps you keeps you feeling good, uh, but we certainly appreciate everything you've done. The growth we've seen with the show has been just – blows me away, and uh, we continue to do that. And, and we get, get – remember we were tying the conversation, the network, the people, the network – uh, because we're, you know, we're we're now uh, third overall in the network, not just NFL like overall or fifth. Sorry, we're fifth overall and we're competing with national. I mean, God bless Boomer Esiason, NFL player, all that stuff. You know, we're right up there with his podcast. Like, we're, we're, that's how well we've done. And everybody at the network is like, and the Raiders haven't been very good. And I'm like, yeah, can you imagine? Can you imagine if this team was 12 and four right now?
3: Jeez.
1: You get a lot more smiles. A lot of people
3: said that they I was a lot happier on the last show that we did. And oh, I really? think it showed. Yeah, a lot of people commented, like, Bo's a lot you know, more chipper, I guess you would, you would call it. A lot of people use other words for it, but a lot happier <laughs> after Raiders win against Kansas City. I, I didn't notice it myself, but yeah. it, it was... You say this all the time, Scott. We don't root for the Raiders to beat. You know, to be a bad football team, we give our objective opinions, what we think. And sometimes it's not always a positive thing, but it's always best when the Raiders are winning and looking good. It's great for us. It's great for the fans. Everyone's happy. Everyone wants to have a discussion. It's always a positive. So that just shines when when the Raiders are good. You know, some fans check out. I don't check out but i have to be a lot more stern and fans don't want to sometimes hear what i have to say when things aren't going well but w- when things are going well i think they hear the words that are coming out of my mouth a lot they're a lot more receptive to what i'm saying and it makes it seem like oh he's a lot more chipper but it, again it's just you know i'm i'm with the fans out there i'm watching the games just as you are though i'm not rooting as a fan i'm hoping the raiders do well
2: well, and that's that's what I always tell people too, because like I had somebody reach out to me, oh come on, Scott, you know you got you've been covering the team now for seven years, you you got to root for them. I'm like, no, I root for them to do well. You just said it perfectly, right? Right. And and it's and it's because I try to uh, up to to keep that objectivity. And yes, every once, right. I mean, Mo, you grew up a Raiders fan, so it's harder for you, I'm sure. You have to like push it way down, right? For me, it's, yeah, I, I like when they do well because not only is it great for the show, I, I don't want to come out and talk about bad things. That's why I don't understand people in yeah. political talk. God bless them, they do their thing and, and they make money for their family and all that kind of stuff, support themselves. But like, I can't imagine going on the air every, every time and just complaining and talking about bad shit is and all that kind of, like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Like, I couldn't do it. Like, it would drive me batty. So I always find it interesting because we get people from all perspectives, all walks of life. And I love when the people come on and are like, dude, these guys aren't even fans. Why do you even listen to these guys? And it's like, that's why they listen. Because they are fans, and they want to hear the truth from people. They don't want to be spoon-fed, you know, hey, oh, great. That's not what we do here. And so I appreciate, and we talk about it, we. So many of our friends are fan content creators, right? I mean, I went to Nashville mm-hmm. to be on Raiders Fan Radio. They are a fan show. And it's funny then you bring on fans on the show like we have Murph on the post game and people are like dude what's up? you can't believe you have that guy on your show he's all he's, uh, he's he's ridiculous he's 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 got this idea and that he's a fan <laughs> you you can't have it both ways and you and I have always been open to and love to hear people and give them a voice right so if you're a fan and you think Aiden O'Connell's the answer from now until the end of eternity great we t- we we think differently but we don't think we don't think uh, less of you because of your opinion there. So it's always, always fun to hear that. And I'm glad people thought you were happy. It's, it's the holidays. You had your full, your fill of rainbow cake. Yes,
3: I was full of How rainbow cake. Be- By the way, I had I had a full plate of rainbow cake the, right before <laughs> I the night before I recorded that. Yes. Had some nice ice cream, some nice coffee, mm-hmm. caramel crunch ice cream. So I was I was in a good mood. It was the holiday season.
2: I yes. think that was part of it. That's awesome. I did 16 hours. I did pulled pork this Christmas. Like we had usually uh, we kind of do traditional stuff and I'm like, "You know what? I'm just going to do a big pork shoulder and we're going to and it was awesome, man. It was so good." Oh, all right. Enough of that food. I believe me. I need to cut the food. All right. We're back. We're talking Raiders football. We're back having your voice And our next call comes from a guy I remember from Raider Fan Radio. Actually, the next two calls were guys that listened to me. The last call, he gives me a little bit of crap, which is funny. But this call is from Central Valley Raider, who you can also see on X.com. Really active guy, really fun guy. Uh, And uh, so we're going to hear from him now, see what he has to say.
1: Hey, Scott. Hey, Mo. Hey, um, very excited. Uh, Really motivated for this team. Really glad that what they did to KC Um, really excited for the running back, uh, Zamir White. He just balled out 145 yards, 22 carries. Just did really good. So a couple questions. Um, So first one, because Zamir is younger and expensive, and what he produced, does that make um, Jacobs um, more easier to go and not come back? save that kid that money um that's question one i'm not saying because i had one good game that right away we're going to blow up everyone get rid of everybody no but i know zaymir is young he got fresh legs um i mean jacobs is young too but the guy you know and he's a former running back and champion i get it but long term he wants big money so if we're trying to if ap's going to get this team um, he's going to want to build this this team, right? He doesn't, he's not going to want to be strapped for money. So do they keep Zamir and maybe grab another running back um, in the draft? Um, okay, secondly, um, O.C., could you do you possibly think that we could offer Keith Benemy? I don't know if I'm saying this last time, the O.C. from Kansas City, and offer him the head O.C., slash assistant head coach job um so i don't know maybe that's enticing to him he gets in the division gets to play his former team twice a year he's with with the commanders i don't know if he's really motivated or excited about that but i think his creative mind and his discipline is you know, offensively which i've heard and read before hires with his players would be really a good thing for for any quarterback we get Third, uh, Devontae Adams. I really believe, and I hate to say this, is that we should move on with him, take possibly the Jets fifth round pick and use that fifth round pick for, um, the quarterback from LSU.
6: Hmm.
1: Um, mobile, he's young, um, just a gifted athlete. And he played at Arizona State with AP. And then finally, um, Oh my God, I forgot what I was going to say. I apologize. <laughs> anyway, Scott, Mo, uh, thanks for the show. Um, hopefully you can answer some of my questions. I know it's kind of a lot. All right, man. Have a good one. There you go. Central Valley Raider out.
2: There you go. There's Central Valley Raider. Thanks, man. Hey, I want to start there, Mo. There's a lot there. I know we won't get to all of it probably, but but I want to answer and talk about one of the things he brought up because I've, I've gotten this question from a couple people. And that is Eric Bieniemy. So a couple things with Eric Bieniemy. Number one is uh, personality. Now, again, this is coming. I don't know. I don't know Eric Bieniemy. Never been around him. Uh, I was around him way back in the day when the Las Vegas posse of the Canadian Football League was around. I was in college. They played one season in Las Vegas. He was on the team. That's the only time I've ever been around the guy, but not as a coach. So we have heard, though, his personality pretty abrasive. Okay, sounds a little bit more like Josh McDaniels. So I don't think that fits well with the Raiders, with what's going on with the Raiders, number one. Number two, and it's not talked about a lot, Ron Rivera in Washington is going to be fired. There's no question. And if you look at what Eric Bieniemy's done in Washington this year, I don't care what talent you have. He's gotten Sam Howell almost killed. I mean, if you look at Sam Howell, that offensive line is so bad, but yet he does not change the offense up enough, give the kid a chance to even survive and so I don't think he's done a very good job in Washington, even with what he has. So I don't think Eric Bieniemy this hiring round, is going to be a guy that is in demand. I'll say
3: this, Scott, because a lot of people have brought up Eric Bieniemy. A lot of people have brought up some off-the-field matters that he's had. But let's remember yeah. Tom Cable was part of the Raiders sure was. as far as John Gruden's coaching staff, and he had his past. So that's that's number one. As far as the production for the Washington Commanders offense on the field, I agree with you. At first, it seemed like Sam Howe that Eric Bannon was getting the most out of Sam Howe as a fifth-round pick. But as the year went on, Sam Howell has tapered off and fallen off of a cliff. He's been benched in consecutive weeks now for Jacoby Brissett, and his, his days as a starter in Washington are probably numbered for the rest of the season. That offense hasn't, it started out okay, but it hasn't done enough for Eric Biennami to get a ton of buzz. And again, I know a lot of people like Eric Biennami, but as you, I agree with you on this one. I don't think he's going to be a hot ticket candidate for a head coaching position. Probably a lateral OC job with a better quarterback, maybe you'll get better results. But typically, if you have a down season, you know, if your offense doesn't have a good season, you're not going to get a lot of buzz. Right. So I, I don't I don't think and you talked about his personality. I remember when Eric Bane was first hired under Ron Rivera, players did complain about his personality. He kind of rub guys the wrong way. So that is another factor that you have to consider. Now to answer some of, of Central Valley Raiders' other questions, I'll take the first the other two because I talked about them on my Bleach Report Live. Yes, with Zemir White producing the way he's producing, it's more likely that Josh Jacobs is on the outs. I talked about I We'll discuss that on the following show that comes out on Thursday. But yes, zamir White much cheaper than Josh Jacobs, and I said, and I fully believe that unless Josh Jacobs is willing to take less, now you would push back against that because you want the bag as a running back because running backs don't get paid. But unless he's willing to take less, I don't know if he's back as a Raider, even if Antonio Pierce is back. The last point, the last question that Central Valley Raider had about Devontae Adams trading up for their trading him to the Jets for the fifth pick. Let's remember that 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 blueprint doesn't always work for, or typically doesn't work for a young quarterback. Look at the Carolina Panthers. They traded DJ Moore, their top wide receiver, to the Bears to move up for Bryce Young. And a lot of people are already calling Bryce Young a bust. Bryce mm-hmm. Young doesn't have much around him. His best wide receiver, his best pass catcher is 33, 34-year-old Adam Thielen. So if you're trading Devontae Adams, you could possibly or potentially hurt the growth or development, or stunt the development of your young quarterback. So I'm not in favor of trading Devontae Adams. I would give the Jets future draft capital, uh, players other than Max Crosby, but I'm not in favor of trading Devontae Adams to move up simply because then you're getting rid of your security blanket for your young quarterback to grow and develop and be an impact playmaker.
2: The other thing here too, Mo, because we talk about it, and I know there are people who want to resist it, and I'm sorry you're just wrong, you can never have too many quarterbacks and the quarterback position is the most important there is. And the Raiders number uh-huh. one priority is getting a quarterback. So I understand what he's saying. Now. Yep. Do you not think the jets, I mean, listen, I know Aaron Rodgers is going to come back next year, all that jazz. Do you think the jets, if, if the jets aren't in position to take one of those top quarterbacks, you don't think they're going to take them. I think they do. Now you're in New York. You're closer to the jets folks. Cause you're always on those shows. Cause we know you're a closet fan, but <laughs> I, kid. I kid. Um, but you look at that. If I'm the Jets at number five, and let's just say Drake May is there, or Jaden Daniel, whatever, and we like them, I, you got to take them. Now you might trade down if you think, hey, we're going to try to go for it next year. I get that. We don't know what's going to happen with it, but now the Jets, the coach, the GM, they're under pressure. They got so they got to win quickly. So maybe that points them to to not look about a, a young quarterback yet, and instead try to go for winning next year. But man, in the NFL, if you're smart, I'm telling you, if you're in the top five and one of those guys is there, I'm taking them. I don't care.
3: You're absolutely right about that. But I guess what Central Valley Raiders getting at is do you say, hey, hey, Jets, if you're not going to take a quarterback, do you want the Vontaze? We'll take the we'll take the fifth overall pick. And it, again, it's just, to me, it's counterproductive to building around a young quarterback, because now you're going to have to find a wide receiver in this draft class, and you're probably not going to get Marvin Harrison, because he's going top three in all right. likelihood to a team that's not going to get a quarterback. But it, it's it's not easy to just pluck a productive wide receiver. It's easy to find a productive wide receiver than a quarterback, but you just can't assume that the wide receiver you get after Devontae Adams is going to be as productive.
2: Right. And the mistake the Raiders made was getting Adams in the first place. And I know people are going to say, what are you talking about? That's crazy talk. No, because the last thing you need in building a team is a wide receiver like that, right? So, I mean, you look at what the Bengals did. The Bengals got Jamar Chase, right? But they got him after they got Joe Burrow, okay? So, to me, that's it goes back to the Josh McDaniels. We can break that thing down in the offseason and how poorly they did and what they did and how it wasn't a good plan, because they went with Derek Carr when they didn't like Derek Carr, and then they paid the price for that and screwed the franchise in a bunch of different ways. So you look at that and you say, yeah, but but now that he's already there, Devontae Adams is there, you don't go back and erase that mistake and try to write it by trading him away. I think you're right, Mo. I think you got to keep him. You go get the quarterback. Look what Houston did before C.J. Stroud got injured. Look what they did with a good, functionally mobile quarterback who can throw accurately, with a bunch of no-name, low-end, wide receivers drafted late. Tank Dell, what a season he had before he got hurt. All these guys, so it goes to show you, you get the quarterback in, it'll all take care of itself. I mean, that's it. But Central Valley Raider.
3: I I will say this. I I will say this. I I, I wouldn't go as far as to call Devontae Adams trade a mistake, but at this point of time. Timing was a mistake. I think. Awkward time, because I think you, they they're tr- they were trying to push for the play So they thought they were going to be a playoff team after they came with a Correct. playoff appearance. So I, I understand the move. But at this point mm-hmm. in time, if we're talking about the right now, right, yeah. you're not playing, you're not going to be paying, well, assuming they move on from Jim Garoppolo. You're not going to be paying your quarterback too much money. So you can afford to spend in other areas and have a high price wide receiver. I just think if you're building around a quarterback, you want that young quarterback to have his top wide receiver because the number one example is, as I said, in Carolina. If Bryce Young had a number one wide receiver, I think he would be a lot better of a quarterback and people wouldn't be calling him a bust. Right. You don't want that same thing to happen with Jaden Daniels, who Central Valley Ray was talking about. Right.
2: And you have Trey Tucker. You have Michael Mayer, some young players there, too. And it's weird that they kind of drafted those guys even though they didn't have a quarterback plan. (laughs) Uh, but but that's okay. So there we go. All right. Central Valley Raider, we appreciate your call. right, we're gonna get to our last Mm -hmm. call here. This is Jacob from Fresno, who starts off um, calling me a a really nice name. Wait, let's see.
6: (laughs) Jacob from Fresno. I told you when you were on my fan radio and I told you that you're a pathetic loser if you really but you don't and I get that, that's cool. I listen to you guys all the time. I hope you know that. I appreciate what you guys do. And McCammer <laughs> Alright, I'll stop that voice just for a few seconds. Now I got a question for you guys. Everything's gone this season, you know, we just got off a two pretty wild division wins. That's awesome. But Aiden O'Connell is proving to be the kind of guy that, you know, you make it to the playoffs, your quarterback gets nicked up, you got a backup that goes in there and can manage the game, and hopefully your guy's good next week because you're going to lose. That's just <laughs> the reality of it. O'Connell is okay. He's an okay, he's a fine quarterback that maybe one day in eight years he might have some great story like a Josh McCown type guy. But for the bulk of his career, he's going to be a backup guy. Now, my question, if you can have any one quarterback, say the Raiders just magic happens, right, and we get the first-round draft pick from the Bears somehow, I don't know, who are you picking? Who are you getting? Jaden Daniels? Is it uh, Michael Pennock Jr.? Is it the ever-sought-after Caleb Williams? You guys let me know. All right. Appreciate everything you do. Take
2: it easy, Raiders. Right. <laughs> there you go, Jacob from Fresno. Obviously, a, a Raiders fan, radio listener as well, too. That was good, good stuff, good, good comedy. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, quarterback, yeah. So, he, what he said about O'Connell is not anything different than we've said, and and mm-hmm. it's not that O'Connell can't get better. I think he just has his limitations which do not make him a franchise quarterback. That said, you look at the top three, Mo, even going into the top five, six guys. In this draft. Of course, Caleb Williams been compared to Patrick Mahomes for some of his qualities, obviously not putting him in that category, but he shows a little bit of that too. some of the luster has been lost on him because of how USC has performed because of some of the things that we've seen from him from an attitude perspective Uh, after games, not coming out, talking to the media, jumping into the stands and crying with his mom. I'm not making fun of him, just repeating facts. Um, then you have, uh, you have Drake may, you have Jaden Daniels, a lot of Raider nation seems to be hot on Jaden Daniels because of his connection to Arizona state and, and to Antonio Pierce. And he obviously won the Heisman trophy. You look at those guys and you figure it out. Uh, it's it, to me, it's, it's hard to give an answer a little bit because I don't know who the offensive coordinator is going to be. I don't know what the plan is. If we're assuming the coach is Antonio Pierce, which I think is a fair assumption. Okay. We still don't know what offense they're running. We don't know who's going to come in and what system it is and who's going to develop them. So I'm, I'm a little bit unsure. I can just throw a name out there. And I, I'm sort of in – a lot of people are kind of putting down Drake May. I like Drake May a lot. Um, but the dynasism of both Williams and Daniels catches people's attention. I tend, to, I tend to be a little more in the Daniels camp at this point, Mo. But I do like Penix. I like Knicks as well for lower picks in the first round. Um, But clearly, those three guys are the guys that people are going to focus on.
3: So you're choosing between two Heisman Trophy winners, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right? That's that's basically what, I mean, for the most people, I would say it's Caleb Williams or it's Jayden Daniels. Yeah. Now I'm going to dig into, obviously, the quarterback prospects and further break them down during the offseason. So this isn't a definitive answer. This is subject to change based on what I see after the season. But I think at this point, you don't complicate it. Caleb Williams. I mean, who's been talked about as the consensus number one overall pick you know, even before the season started. I don't think Caleb Williams has done anything to change that this year. Now, USC as a team, disappointed, but a lot of that was their defense couldn't stop me or you on a a go route. So, I mean, at this point of time, before I'm digging into the quarterback prospects in depth and watching all their football games, you don't complicate this. You don't second guess this. If the Raiders have the number one overall pick, it's definitely Caleb Williams. Now, I know Jaden Daniels is the hot name right now because he just won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. But Caleb Williams has has multiple seasons of high production whereas Jaden Daniels has you know he has some decent years but then he had one breakout oh, year this year. Caleb Williams has been good every year even going back to his time at Oklahoma. So he has a larger body of work, longer resume of of high production as a quarterback and he's exactly what you want in today's league. Now Jaden Daniels is also what you want in today's league cuz of the mobility, functional mobility by the way. I'm not calling Caleb Williams a generational player. I'm not ready to say he's Patrick Mahomes 2.0. But what I'm saying is, right now, you have the number one overall pick, and you're taking quarterback. You don't complicate it. It's Caleb Williams.
2: Yeah, and and that's the the issue though is to get Caleb Williams. I think you got to get to number one. Yeah, I, they they couldn't do it last year when supposedly I mean we hear the conflicting reports that you know McDaniel's <laughs> wanted Bryce Young and somebody else wanted. Stroud you know all that stuff so we don't know what the truth is but I think with this one I just don't see Chicago trading out unless you give them something absolutely bananas which I don't think the Raiders will do so that said if Caleb Williams goes number one overall that's that's where he's going to go and I, I would expect that to happen I mean it would be a shock if it didn't okay go ahead
3: and I'm not putting down Jaden Daniels other years because we've had 17 touchdown passes, two interceptions as a true freshman, 17 touchdown passes, and three interceptions, you know, previous year before this year. But what I'm saying is C- Caleb Williams had high production, yep. two different programs throughout his collegiate career. Yep. So I, I think, of course, as the as the draft season comes around, you're going to get people who have different quarterbacks at the top. You mentioned Drake May. Some people are higher on J.J. McCarthy, believe it or not. Some people are higher on Michael Penning. Some people are higher on Bo Nix. Some people are hiring on that guy. I, I think if it's number one, which I don't think the Raiders will have a shot because I agree with you. I think the Bears are going to take a quarterback and move on from Justin Fields. It's Caleb Williams. But after that, if it's not Caleb and the Bears go with Caleb number one, then Jaden Daniels would be my number two right now.
2: Yeah, and Jaden Daniels, to your point about the one year, I mean, we saw that with Joe Burrow too, right? I mean, now his, his one year was the best year of any quarterback in college football history, yeah. right? So it's a little different than comparing – so I can't compare the two guys. But you're right. And, and that's the thing I think I always try to talk when fans ask me questions about players specifically is, remember, it doesn't matter who they are, there's risk. So yeah. you can't pick a perfect player and say, well, if we pick that guy, he's going to be it. Like you just can't do it. You just, you, you just can't do it. Ask the Jets, right? Ask the Giants. All these guys – they look good. They draft them and with all the great intent, but you just don't know. You don't know. So I think the, the Raiders have an opportunity. There's four or five guys that you could pick in the first round, different stages of the round. Whoever they like, whoever they're scouting, whoever their GM, if it's Champ Kelly, somebody else, that's who they're going to go with. But certainly we we uh, we have our opinion, so that's good. But uh, uh, Jacob and Fresno, thank you, man, for the comedy and for the call. A great question there <laughs> on that one. So that's going to. That's going to bring our our mailbag show to a close. Always fun talking to everybody. And again, if you want to call, if you want to write in, you can write in to mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. If you want to call in like you heard today, there were all calls today. It's 702-900-7869, 702-900-7869 to talk to us here. Mo, we will be back tomorrow. With our regular show, we're going to break into some of what's going on with the Antonio Pierce situation. We'll talk about that and the, the momentum built there. We'll also talk about the Raiders defense. We got to get deep into that, and we'll preview the Colts game. I'm looking forward to that tomorrow.
3: A lot to get to, a lot to look forward to. Now we hope that Raiders continue this run that they're going on. They don't. Hopefully, we'll, we'll talk about this tomorrow, but hopefully they don't have a letdown at their emotional game against the Chiefs. Because they're staring at eight and eight and possibly a winning season, and maybe just maybe with some help, a playoff spot.
2: Absolutely, it's not the question. Even an AFC West crown is within reach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Might be a long reach, but it's it's still there. <laughs> so we'll see. But we'll talk about and break it all down tomorrow for our producer Mike Robier for MoMoat, and I'm Skalpel and This has been Silver and Black today, the Wednesday edition, the Raider Nation Mailbag edition. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow. Take care. All right. All right, man, I got to run. I'm a half hour late. (laughs) Sorry about that. That's that's okay, buddy. No no (laughs) big deal. Okay. All right. Bye. Take care.